0: all right hi pastor dennis welcome to our podcast um i guess it's been a few but so glad to have you here um, thank, you. thank you again for everyone listening uh this is the members one of another podcast uh correction of the christian education ministry at vinewood cfc and we're really really happy to have you here Pastor Dennis.
1: thank you so much no i'm glad to be here <laughs>
0: Um, so I guess we'll start off with some softball questions. Uh, how did you get here?
1: (laughs) Uh, well, I got here, uh, three years ago. I was already in the Bay area, but about uh, a little over three years ago, I felt the Lord prompting, um, me in terms of, uh, expanding ministry and things of that sort. And the senior pastor at that time, uh, cold called me normally, I do not pick up. Phone uh, calls from numbers I'm not familiar with, but for whatever reason, uh, the Lord uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, prompted me to pick up that phone. Uh, and long story short, through that interaction, uh, I've, I've been a, a pastor here at Vinewood CFC in Transfer uh, Christ Berkeley for almost three years.
0: Wow, what a what a providence there! <laughs> <laughs> I also don't pick up numbers from from phone that numbers I don't know so that's that's crazy. (laughs) Uh, So you guys were at um, CFC Hayward for a number of years before coming here. Um,
1: That's right that's right.
0: Can you tell me a little bit about what life was like there?
1: Yeah so we were at CFC Hayward uh, the sister church of CFC Berkeley for about eight and a half years and it was a really uh, rich time. Uh, My wife and I uh, went through a lot um, of different seasons there so we started as a newly married when we started um uh, got married in january and i started in february and then wow <laughs> uh became parents while we were there and just being able to learn how to parent with in the midst of um a lot like this like big children boom at that time uh, it's been really good and just been able to make a lot of uh, very good friends and uh, of course being with the uh, pastor alongside the English pastor at that church, uh, Pastor Josh Lee, was just a blessing because I was a young, arrogant, uh, you know, fresh out of seminary, know-it-all pastor, and I got to watch him all those years. And so many times, I just watched and go, "Why would he do it like that?" And uh, be able to learn a lot of patience and um, it was just really good. I think I needed to sit in the sidelines for a long time as the Lord worked. Uh, in me and through me. And so it's, it was a really good time.
0: Yeah, I know. Thank, thank you for sharing that. It's actually really encouraging to hear. Um, and normally we we go through a few questions in in sequence, but I think given what you've just mentioned, I'd like to explore that a little bit more um, now because I think, you know, just looking at you now, I wouldn't, you wouldn't strike me as the arrogant kind of like <laughs> <laughs> know-it-all pastor. So I, I just, it feels like the Lord has really changed you over those years and coming here too, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Could you speak a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if... <laughs> I mean, I think there's definitely always going to be an arrogant side to me. Um, mm. I, I do think that the Lord changed me quite a bit. Um, I think when, uh, when, especially when I was younger, even before seminary, I uh, saw things very black and white, uh, very impatient. <laughs> if something's wrong, you see to get corrected right away. And yeah. not really understanding the the tenderness of that of, of what does it look like to pastor, and what does it look like to be in the midst mm. of uh, people who are uh, trying to figure things out as as I am trying to figure things out as as a, uh, you know kind of as, a, at the same time, and so yeah. yeah, I I think as I look back all those years, um, I think part of the prompting uh, to kind of take on a more lead role was feeling like. Not to say that I uh, arrived, and I still definitely did not feel like I arrived. Um, yeah. Between you and me and I guess the rest of the podcast, uh, sometimes I feel like I have imposter <laughs> syndrome, so <laughs> a lot of times i like, oh man, I don't think people know that I have no earthly idea what I'm doing here, um, <clears throat> but I think during those years, as I sat under my uh, lead English pastor and watched how he uh, loved people and counseled people, and he was just very kind and Understanding, mm. very tender, and I pushed back against that a lot. I would just kind of like talk about all mm. my struggles or all the terrible things I've done or all these things, and just like waiting for a response or a judgment, you know, kind of like, man, is he going to mm. kind of lay on me, lay it on me hard? Um, yeah. I think I learned yeah. that, uh, you know, it, it is really the uh, kindness of the Lord uh, that leads us mm. uh, to repentance. So I think that really shaped how i saw not just ministry but what does it look like for believers to um you know encourage one another and live together
0: yeah yeah amen that's that's a yeah fantastic testimony to god's grace i think yeah just just going to romans 1 and hearing like the the you know the the judgment that we're all under and then and hitting Romans two that uh, you just just quoted is, is such a powerful kind of reflection of God's tenderness towards us. Um.
1: Yeah, and I think I'm just so thankful um, because even in my shortcomings and even maybe in my hotheadedness at times, even as a pastor, um, you know, the Lord was still able to use uh, use me to to encourage people and maybe not always in the best of ways, but. Um, I am thankful and humbled actually because I I I see the my shortcomings but even in those shortcomings the lord still uses it to glorify himself and yeah, I'm just so so thankful for that opportunity. Hmm.
0: Yeah, amen. Um so maybe we could just keep moving, you know, taking steps back mm-hmm. in your life. <laughs> um, before coming to Hayward. Uh, you guys, y- you were actually out in Texas, right? Um, doing seminary and things like that's that.
1: That's right. That's right. I grew up in Texas um, and um, pretty much, you know, you know I, I, my family moved around quite a bit here and there and things of that sort. But for the most part, most of my life was spent in, in Houston, uh, in a suburb of Houston called Sugar Land. And so I think a lot of people <laughs> okay. who are not from Texas, uh, might find that to be a very odd name, but, um, was, a, and that was a place where I grew up and, um, yeah, I went to, uh, you know, I did my, my studies there, uh, undergrad and also my seminary studies out there and, uh, had no earthly idea, um, that the Lord would bring me to California, uh, had zero desires to explore the world in any sense like like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. And even <laughs> uh, before I even came out here, I came out here for an internship in 2008. If you uh, pulled up a map and asked me to point to the Bay Area, uh, I wouldn't even know where to point to. So uh, I didn't know what was uh, north and what was south. So it, it, I've come a long way to understanding uh, California. <laughs>
0: Sensing so this trend. <laughs> no earthly idea of the Lord takes you somewhere and then, then he, he carries. Yeah, you pretty, much, pretty much, pretty <laughs> much. Um, cool. So if we go maybe one step even further, how how did you come to faith in the first place? Like um,
1: Yeah. And that that you might think that's like an easy question. That's actually a, quite a tricky question for me. Uh my mom became a believer when I was very young. So while I guess, in some sense, technically, I was not born into a quote unquote Christian family. Um, my mom became a believer when I was maybe i don't know two or three or something along those lines um, and she started bringing me to church. My father did not attend church at that time, and ever since I could remember, I went to church and I had a um, my my heart was always very receptive to the gospel and it it was really hard because I, I was baptized, or, or it could have been baptism, because, well, I just say, let's just kind of, for argument's sake, I was baptized when I was in first grade. So I was six years old. So oftentimes when, I, when someone asks me to look back on that time, it, it is a little bit difficult to know what what was six-year-old Dennis thinking, and did six-year-old Dennis truly and fully grasp the gospel at that time? but. Um, I was encouraged by a quote because you know I grew up with this really confusing testimony. When people ask, like, "How do you come to the Lord?" It's like, "Well, that's a great question. I'm not really sure. Uh, I can't remember who said it, or I just remember someone sharing it, and you know, um, someone that kind of you know grew up going to church. A lot of I think a lot of uh, a huge blessing, really. Uh, a lot of people um, have, might have gone, you know grew up going to church, or maybe not a lot, but perhaps in our context, you know, the parents took them to church ever since they were young and things of that sort. Um, the quote I heard was, you know, I don't know when the sun came up, but I know that it's shining. And so I think for me, that was just such a, um, it was very comforting because uh, growing up, people want to know when I first became a believer. And then I learned um, I learned what it means to really be a believer. It's not really where you start, but where you are now and how, how, how you finish. Um, and so kind of with that, that's kind of, it's unclear, but I do know when I was in seventh grade, there was a drastic change. You know, in sixth grade, you're in middle school and I just, uh, everything changed you know, from elementary school to middle school. And, you know, my first year of middle school, really just, you know, really wanted to, I cared about my friends in a way that I never cared about my friends before, right, when, when you're younger. And, you know, a lot. I just started living my life, I guess, in that kind of trajectory, you know. Uh, I was cussing my head off because I thought it was cool uh, and all those type of things. So it's just you're, you're like, you know, 11 years old and you're kind of starting to feel like you're going to be an adult or something on like those lines. But somewhere along the lines between sixth grade and seventh grade, I was invited to... Uh, a, a, um, FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Uh, it was kind of like a a club on campus and got to meet other Christians that were my age. And they cared about things like reading the Bible and they cared about what God said and they cared about Christ. And I think I was just like different. It was just like very different. My my best friend at that time, you know, they I went to a Chinese church so we had no, nothing like a, we didn't have anything like a youth group or anything like that. And just maybe being exposed to even something like a flavor of that changed me a lot and uh i remember in seventh grade uh developing a a desire for the word that i i never experienced before and i think i think if i were to kind of like point to a time i think that was when the word really captured my my heart in a way that was kind of different than before um and uh grew my affections from from there
0: yeah yeah thank you for sharing that that's yeah, it's, it's, I really like that Sun quote. <laughs> um, I think even my own personal faith journey, like going through baptism class many years ago, there was an emphasis on like that conversion point, right? Like, you know, before and after and the stark difference. And I think it's just really encouraging to hear. Yeah, like e- even if it's not so clear, like the Lord continues to draw us, continues to grow us, um, continues to bear fruit in us. And, and that, that is noticeable over a longer period of time. Um, I think that, the, yeah, it's, it's a great encouragement, I think, to especially younger believers who, um, yeah, who, who may be struggling with that kind of topic. Uh, but
1: yeah. yeah, thanks for sharing. Yeah, and I mean, you need to add on a little bit to that. I think even with that min- mindset, and, and I know that people are not trying to kind of do that, uh, there is some sort of, um, I don't want to maybe works-based righteousness is too strong of a term, but maybe placing one's faith in something apart from Christ. And um, I struggle with that a lot because I couldn't remember when I really prayed the prayer for the first time and, and unintentionally placing my faith in when I came to the Lord rather than placing my faith in the Lord and trusting in Christ alone for my salvation and not a period of time in my life
0: yeah very very important distinction i think um, so uh I, I guess you know a number of years has passed since seventh grade you know, since you were associate pastor now you know, senior pastor of the English congregation. Um, have there been other kind of major you know steps along the way that you really felt like, oh wow, this is like a huge you know difference in my faith or like this is a huge thing that I've grown in or or, or the Lord has shown me um,
1: yeah uh, absolutely um at the time of the recording uh, you know, right now, um, it's been 10 years since my father passed away. So 10 years ago, I received a phone call out of the blue uh, roughly around this time um, that one, my, my dad collapsed. He was an expat working in Beijing. And then uh, as the evening progressed, finding out my dad passed away. And that was just a huge whirlwind of changes in my life. Kind of long story short, I didn't have the best uh, relationship with my dad growing up. A lot of things were just really difficult, and I had a really um, just a hard time connecting him, especially in my childhood, and a lot of hurts and a lot of pains. And uh, my youngest sister, uh, 10 years ago in May, graduated high school, and we all went back for her high school graduation. And, and for the first time I was actually able to express all my hurts and pains to my dad in a way that I'd never felt comfortable before. Uh, but, you know, I was older, I, I was married, you know, just, I think he was able to also shift his mindset, you know, seeing me more as an adult. And I got to share all these hurts and all these pains. And uh, for the first time, my dad um, expressed great remorse. I have never seen my dad cry like that before. He, he openly wept and, Um, and how I was weeping and my sisters were were all just crying and it was just a really sweet moment like feeling some restoration um, just feeling feeling very um, just encouraged because I felt heard and and I also saw my dad as a just as a human as a man that had uh, great failings but tried to love his family and tried to love his children and and really you know realizing kind of taking ownership of of what he has done. And I was just so excited because I thought, oh man, this this next kind of season of our life um in growing, I, I'm just I can't wait to see what the Lord does with that. And and literally a couple months later he passes. And <clears throat> what was really difficult at that time as well was my um three days before uh we found out that my wife was pregnant with our first kid. And we're just so excited of just this brand new season of life and then you know our worlds were completely turned upside down after that and uh through that kind of whole experience um i think like a lot of people when they go through pain and suffering they want to ask why they want to have a reason what's the reason how are you going to redeem this and i think i ask that question all the time right uh what what good is going to come out of this are there going to be a hundred people that come to know the lord through this or you know, is there something I'm going to learn through this or anything? And um, even, you know, years after my, my dad passed, I finally had to just be able to sit and accept the reality that um, not everything would have a reason in such a way. And to just go, it, it almost kind of in that sense felt a little bit like, uh, not quite, but, you know, like how the Lord's conversation with Job, where it's just like, I don't need an answer to you. <laughs> I don't need to tell you why this is happening. Uh, will you just trust me? Is it okay if there's no reason? Is it okay if this was, if I have a reason that I don't need to share with you, will you cling to me? And I think that immensely, um, yeah, it was just like, you, it just felt like you were clinging on and hoping for the storm to pass. And that was it. And at the end of the day, it was like, well, will you continue to cling on to the Lord? And I think that was a a huge, um, kind of a huge huge uh, moment in my life uh, where I I was having to grasp with the tension of joy and despair and, and clinging on to the hope in Christ through the whole storm. And I think the process of all of that uh, was... Um, there's no words for it. I don't want to say it was a blessing. I, I mean, you know what I mean? But it was, it was something that I look back and I, I know the Lord was there with me and I was able to really experience like he's sovereign, he's good. And I have to just trust in that. And if my, and if there's no other answer, am I satisfied with it? And I think that taught me quite a bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, is it's a really deep grief. And, like, not that I can, not that any, you know, death of a parent is ever the same, mm-hmm. um, but I do resonate with a lot of what you said, having my own mother pass away about eight years ago now. And I think that that period of, yeah, I don't understand why this happened. Uh, I don't even see the good in mm-hmm. it, but, you know, I will trust in you. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I think that that really, really hits deep. Um, yeah, I'm just reminded of, of the him, you know, how firm a foundation and, Says the rivers of sorrow shall not overflow. And how the Lord brings us through with the deep, deep pains of life. And I think it's right to right to grieve. It's right to be sorrowful. I think it's it's a very, very deeply hurt hurting thing. And um, yeah, yeah, I think it's it's a wonderful testimony of God's grace in your life to be able to cling to Him through that. That's right. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think just reflecting. Um, I think one of the first sermons I heard you preach when coming here you spoke about your father um i think i I was just greatly encouraged to see the the kind of end result of your processing through that grief um yeah bring it to the lord and and yeah i think that the deep wells of faith um which is a great great encouragement in in the sorrow that is you know death and and the last enemy and and sin and all the effects of suffering that we face in this world
1: yeah and i think um just the The gospel was a continual reminder that what does it look like to have joy in the sorrow and not um, joy that is apart from sorrow. And it is a very complicated place to be, but it's also um, a reality that many saints go through. And it is a good reminder. It was a great reminder for me and helped me empathize with a lot of other believers that have lost loved ones. And, um, and so I think that I, I I definitely, um, have a great empathy for that, but can also really whisper hope, uh, not even just in their specific situation, but, uh, in, in, sin in general, right. Um, death is the ultimate result of sin. And I think we can still see, uh, hope bursting through even in the midst of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, um, so I, I think there's there's one last question for today, um, and the question is basically how can the church get to know you? But I, I want to take a little bit of a different spin on it because you are the pastor, <laughs> um, and so like um, just just to couch it in a bit of context, um, I think generally sometimes there can be this. Uh, distance between the pastor and the sheep
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and I don't I don't think like, I personally don't feel it with you I don't think the congregation really does um, not that we don't think you're holy and, and you know etc cetera, etc cetera, but I think I think that tenderness does come true it comes through um, and I think we can see that and then we can see your heart for the body and and so I, I think um, yeah just is 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 there a way for the body to get to know you, maybe not as pastor, but as, you know, member of the church, mm-hmm. as Dennis, mm-hmm. the man who in seventh grade came you know, right. to have a deeper faith and, and grew up in Texas and so on and right. so forth, right? Does, does that make sense? Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. I think, man, that's a uh, that's a great question. I, I don't know how to answer that well. Um, maybe, maybe just sharing a little bit about myself or kind of maybe the way I think through, through a lot of these things would help. And when I first was ordained, uh I felt deeply uncomfortable people calling me pastor. I think you know, 6 I don't know how many years I can't remember how long I been ordained, you know, I, I'm much more comfortable now. I understand that that's just the reality and it's, it is a is a, it is an honor and respect which I um, greatly appreciate. Uh but I have no qualms people calling me Dennis. It's okay. Um I have no concerns with people like just wanted to joke with me, hang with me, and things like that. Um, you know, just even, I forget where it was, but we had to all introduce ourselves, and I told them, my, my name is Dennis. I'm a member of a CFC, and I want people to see that, because I do think that's really important. In some sense, my role in office in this church is pastor, yes, but it is also member, brother, friend, uh, hope maybe older brother for a lot of them, uh, Lord willing, uh, an example. and uh, we're just grateful um to be here and i i part of it i understand is probably, I shouldn't ask other people to take initiative with me i should be doing that with others but, <laughs> but, but don't be afraid to, yeah. to if you really want to just hang out a little bit more like grab coffee get get lunch it'll always be on me um and um ask and yeah uh, you can you can follow me on you know instagram i think those are always like fun because i i don't very, very much. I don't, I don't, I don't post serious things normally online. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Follow me on Dennis CS Lee. Um, I, I try to be, I'm pretty lighthearted. I don't try to take social media so seriously, uh, you know, or find me on Facebook and you'll probably see pictures of my kids or me saying, just trying to crack a joke, you know, things like that. So.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, I, I do have one follow-up there. Um, so I think I think uh, being in the church for a little bit now, um, I've always felt uneasy trying to get time with the mm. pastor just because I know how busy they are. Um, and I know it's kind of become a common thread, like, oh, yes, like I do want to hang out, I do want to spend time, but then like there are there so many, so many other needs. And I feel like part of it's like, okay, let me, you know, kind of gauge that. But do you have any, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't call it tips, but um, thoughts on that for the congregation, the body.
1: You know, um, I greatly appreciate uh, the members being so considerate of that. You know, Um, and so with that, I definitely like I I appreciate it because you know I know a lot of times you know pastors' kids feel like their their dad's not around and things like that. But I know for our family, um, I mean, I'm so sad that I can't live closer to church uh, just due to well, you know bay area yeah. but um we always had an open door policy even with our even with our old church and in the past people would be like hey i'm around can i come by and we 99 percent of the time say yes like sure come on um you know stay for dinner whatever no big deal um and so i think some people have kind of uh you know when they're around they're like hey can we sing by and we love we, we're so grateful for that I know that is quite a trek. So we're always very, very uh, grateful for those who do make the trek out. But I would say um, I want I I think what's most important is that we share our lives with the body. Um, And sometimes life is messy home with kids. And we we would love you to be a part of that. We we really would. And so I know that maybe, you know, those might hear and be like, man, I'm not sure. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm telling you, uh, if we can't, we'll, we'll, we'll apologize and we'll try to reschedule. We're never going to feel obligated, and um, because we do think that hospitality is it, it is a something that we all should be practicing, and we would love to do that as well.
0: All right, everybody, you you heard it here: open invite to clean up Dennis and Dana's home. <laughs> <for them. laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, but yeah, thank, thankful for your hospitality and just you know the warm welcome for everyone to, to come and get to know you and your family. Um, uh, we're just about out of time, so is it okay if I pray for us and close? Oh, I day? love it. Thank you, <laughs> Heavenly Father. Thank you so much for uh, just this short time that we've had to just listen to Dennis's life and the way that you have been working in his life, the way that you have sovereignly drawn him to uh, you uh, through your gospel to true faith through um, yeah, just various uh, circumstances in his life and in the church and the fellowship of believers around him. Um, we're so thankful for bringing him and his family here. Um, so thankful and joyous to see the kids and and Dana just serving in the body, and um, serving as examples for us. And I pray that uh, we can look to them uh, as they follow you, O oh Lord, um, and that you can help them to continue to persevere in the hard work and hard labor of ministry. Um, So thank you for this time. Thank you for Dennis being so open to
1: share his life. And I pray that there would be encouragement to the body. In Jesus name we pray. Amen, amen.